laid on my heart for a reason, and uh, it kind of goes along with with uh, what has just passed through our area. Uh, for those that may not live in this area that are watching us on Facebook Live, a major storm came through, maybe uh, 70, 80 mile an hour winds and knocked out a lot of our uh, utility poles that are above ground and some substations and some other things. And so at one point, over 250,000 people were without electricity. And um, we don't quite have 250,000 people here today. But curious, show of hands, how many of you do not have electricity right now? So there's about a handful of people out of two handfuls of people that uh, still do not have electricity. So please lift them up in your prayer and uh, maybe be the, the, the good neighbor and check on those that live around you or, uh, or beside you. Um, but again, I, I think where we're at goes right along uh, with, uh, with what's been happening and uh, what's, what's going on in our community. Uh, I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 16, if you brought your Bible or if you have your phone. Luke chapter 16. We had a Sunday school class out here earlier. It was uh, kind of led by the, the men's Sunday school class, but it was a co-ed class for today. And so I thank Dave for... Uh, for doing that. It wasn't really planned. We just had a lot of people get here in time and come on, make the most of it, right? Um, as you've got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 16, uh, I want you to think about the direct link between faithfulness and fruitfulness. The direct link between faithfulness and fruitfulness. There is an absolute correlation between faith and fruit. Your level, I want you to think about this, your level of faithfulness will result in your level or lack of fruitfulness. It may be a good point here to define what I mean by fruit or what I mean by fruitfulness. So I want you to think of it in terms of agriculture or a garden or a plant or a rose, a flower. You understand that, that fruit means production. Uh, fruit means productivity. Fruit means replication. Fruit means good. And so relate that to the spiritual life and picture a garden that's flourishing, that's got a lot of production, a lot of productivity. Now take that to the spiritual level and think about what it would mean to be fruitful on the spiritual level. It would mean that you're replicating what you believe. Somebody, because of you, because of your witness, because of your testimony, is also a Christian or also coming to church. Uh, fruitfulness in the spiritual realm means victory over temptation. Uh, we talk a lot about being tempted, but did you know that God, through the Holy Spirit and through His Word, has given you the ability to be successful, even under temptation? You have the ability to resist temptation. That's what fruitfulness would look like. Fruitfulness would look like God's blessing and favor upon you. And here's what I want you to understand. God watches your level of faithfulness to determine your level of fruitfulness. Think about that for a minute. He watches your level of faithfulness to determine your level of fruitfulness. This is actually scriptural. And I want to show you one passage out of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. We're going to begin at verse 1. 
Uh, we'll let you stretch your legs for a second. Go ahead and stand. We're going to read 13 verses of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. It says in God's Word, He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. Alright, quick question. Is squander a good thing or a bad thing? Bad. Turn your neighbor and say, very bad. So he called the manager in and asked, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can no longer be my manager. Then the manager said to himself, before he had to go in and meet with the supervisor, what should I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I'm removed from management, people will welcome me into their homes. And look at what he does in verse 5. So he summoned each one of his master's debtors. How much do you owe my master? He asked the first one. A hundred measures of olive oil, he said. Take your invoice, he told him. Sit down quickly and write 50. Verse 7. Next he asked another. How much do you owe? A hundred measures of wheat, he said. Take your invoice, he told him, and write 80. You see what he's doing here? Mm -hmm. The master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted astutely. Earlier he was accused of squandering now, it is said he acted astutely. For the sons of this age are more astute than the sons of light in dealing with their own people. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of the unrighteous money, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous and much. So if you've not been faithful with the unrighteous money, who will trust you with what is genuine? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is your own? No household slave can be the slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't be slaves to both God and money. Let us pray. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, thank You that despite the storm that we're still here gathered in Your name, listening to You, learning from You, I pray, Father God, that You would continue to blow that cool breeze on us under this patio on this beautiful day that started out cloudy and stormy and raining. But look at what You blessed us with right at church time. I pray for those that are here that still are without electricity. I pray for those watching on Facebook that may be Look, trying to save battery power because they have no electricity. God, I pray blessings upon them that you would help those line workers, help those that are trying to make the repairs. God, I pray for your hand upon this area. Uh, it seems here lately the, the weather's really been doing a work on us, and I just pray that, God, you would shine bright in the darkest storm. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we have here in our scripture, it's called the parable. It's a parable or a spiritual story uh, about an unfaithful steward, an unfaithful manager who is told, you're, you're, you're doing something wrong. I, I need you to give an account for this. 
And I, and I want you to think about it. Every one of us, the preacher, the Sunday school teacher, the deacon, the pew warmer, the bench sitter, every one of us will give an account one day. And we're going to give an account for where we spent our time, where we spent our money, what did we know, what did we love. We're going to give an account on these things. It's going to be like an audit. I know that's a dreaded word. Woo! An audit. <laughs> Nobody wants to be audited, right? Because you always start second-guessing yourself. Even if you pay your taxes and you pay them on time, if the big bad IRS comes and they say they're going to audit, you start second-guessing yourself. Well, did I do that right? Did I file that right? Did I do that? Even honest people. Well, this guy in our parable was a dishonest manager. He's given an account, and he's got to decide, with what I have left, how do I make this right? How do I reconcile this? How do I at least give myself a little bit of an advantage so that when I'm let go of this employment, I can have a friend, I can have somebody. So where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? What do you know? What do you love? Because at the end of the day, my role and your role is faithfulness. God's role is fruitfulness. God provides the fruit. You just have the faith. You believe, you have faith, and because of your faith and the level of your faith, God provides the fruitfulness. God provides the fruit, the productivity, the success, the victory over temptation. Our role, though, is faithfulness. Are you faithful with the time? Are you faithful with what you know? Are you faithful with your money? Are you faithful with your talents? In this parable that we just read, the dishonored steward is actually a good example. I know you're sitting here thinking, how can a dishonest person be a good example? Well, we all can learn a lot from, from even those that don't handle these things correctly. We can learn from their mistakes. We can learn from the adjustments that he made. First of all, he knew that he'd be called to account for his life, and he took that very seriously. There's a lot of people living today who don't believe in an eternal judgment. There's a lot of people that sit in a church that don't believe in eternal judgment. And I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you. I don't care whether they believe in it or not. Because it doesn't change the reality of eternal judgment. You can say, I don't believe in gravity, but that doesn't change the law of gravity. You can say, I don't believe in time, and you can still be defined by the lack of your, by the lack of your punctualness or by your tardiness. Like saying you don't believe in something doesn't change its existence. There is a day of eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. Some people deny that, but it doesn't make it less real. Christians, by the way, should take very seriously the idea that one day we're going to be called to give an account. Hey, how did you respond when that storm came through in June? How did you respond when the bottom fell out? What did you do with all the blessings that I poured out with you in the year 2016? What did you do with the talent that I've given you? Where did you spend your time? What did you do with the time that I gave you? If you live 80 years, you're going to give an account for how you live. And I will give you the good news. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. So maybe you didn't live the first half of your life or the first three quarters of your life like you should have. The good news is, just like in our parable, you can make adjustments. That This dishonest manager changed the way he lived. He changed the way he was doing things, and because of that, there was a blessing. Second of all, he took advantage of his present position 
to arrange a comfortable future. He went to the first person and said, hey, how much does my master owe you? Cut it in half. He goes to the second one, how much does my... He starts reducing their debt to win favor with them. He was being wise because he knew, i got to give an account. I wasn't exactly doing this right. I squandered a lot of my, what my, my boss told me to do. But now I've got to get right and I've got to make it good somehow, some way. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you for that breeze, Lord. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 13. It says in God's Word, Each one's work will become obvious, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will, will test the quality of each one's work. I want you to think about this. The way that we are stewards of what God has blessed us with, time, tithe, and talents, the way that you steward what God has blessed you with is being looked at, and it will be revealed according to the passage that we just read. It will be tested. Were you faithful? Were you faithful in the small things? You know, I want to tell you something. We, we minimize the small details, and then because of that, we suffer the consequences. We minimize certain things, or we say, well, we'll get around to that. Now, I'm going to share with you, and this is from my heart. Please take it with the right spirit. <clears throat> I've traveled internationally. I'm not speaking from a point of ignorance. I'm speaking from a point of experience. I'm noticing that the things that we have taken for granted in the United States of America, and even in our community, and even in our area, we can no longer take for granted. I've traveled the world and I've seen how Americans have helped rebuild countries, including Japan. I've been to Japan, I've flown in there many times, gone to those airports, seen their infrastructure, and been amazed and mesmerized by how beautiful and how organized. I know we have some here that served in Japan. Japan is nice. Do you know that you rebuilt Japan? Your tax dollars rebuilt Japan and they have the greatest, one of the greatest economies Greatest infrastructures. Did you know their electric stations can withstand winds in excess of 120 miles an hour? Is anybody in the parking lot listening to a word I'm saying? <laughs> Infrastructure. Roads, bridges, grids, water treatment centers, substations, lift stations, etc. etc. So listen to what I'm about to tell you. We've taken this for granted. And we have not invested. We have not taken care of. We have not been wise stewards. We've rebuilt other countries. We've sent over $60 billion with a B to Ukraine. But right here in the United States of America, our systems are crippled. Our systems are failing. Our systems are offline. We're not being wise stewards of the blessings that God has poured out on this country. You're not being a a good steward, listen to what I'm about to tell you, you're not being a good steward when God blesses you and you give it all to your neighbor but have none to support your own family. Do you know what the Bible says about people that don't take care of their own family? You're worse than an infidel. 
You're worse than an infidel if you don't take care of your own family. You can take care of your neighbor and say, well, I'm being the good Samaritan. Well, you're worse than an infidel if you don't take care of your own family. Here's how I interpret your own family. You should, yes, invest in your own community, in your own state, in your own country, and take care of your grid, your power, your, your, power, your stations, your water treatment, your community, before you go and give everything away. What kind of stewards are we being? And I'm going to tell you, because we haven't been wise stewards, I know you don't want to hear this, I told you it's coming from my heart, because we haven't been wise stewards, the blessings are being removed. I'll trust somebody else with those blessings. It's just like in Luke chapter 16. You have squandered where I have blessed you, so therefore because you squandered it, there's going to be consequences. As someone who has traveled internationally, and some of you have too, if you've traveled internationally within the last five years, you know exactly what I'm about to say. Our airports are an embarrassment. Amen. Our airports in the United States of America are an embarrassment. The Jimmy Davis Bridge is an absolute embarrassment. I've traveled over bridges in Mexico that are better maintained than the Jimmy Davis Bridge. Y'all can make fun of Mexico and Jamaica and third world countries. I'm just telling you the third world has come home to roost. And I'm telling you because we took it for granted, we now have a dilapidated system. And when a 60, 70, 80 mile an hour wind comes through, we suffer the consequences. He who is faithful in small things can be trusted with bigger things. Don't minimize the small details. If you don't think small things matter, go sleep in a tent with a gnat buzzing around. <laughs> Run your night. Small things do matter. There are three tests of faithfulness as we close. Faithfulness in the little things, faithfulness in another person's things, and faithfulness in money. You can give lip service to church and to Jesus, but the true test of your faithfulness is where are you spending your time and where are you spending your money. What does that reveal about you? Are you faithful? Are you fruitful? I know this. Many people lose faithfulness because we don't see immediate results. We live in an instant gratification culture. Go nuke it. Some of you, that's been your biggest struggle. Not the loss of AC, but the loss of the microwave because you didn't know that you could cook without a microwave. That's been the biggest wake up call to many of you. You mean we have to do this food and on a campfire? Oh my gracious, if I can't do it and have it in less than two minutes, it ain't worth eating. Amen? Well, some of you, don't. if you don't see immediate results, you don't like it. It reminds me of the guy, not at this church, but a guy at another church that I served at. He said, Brother John, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He said, you really convicted me about this tithing thing. And you said, if you're not tithing, can you do half a tithe? Or can you start with 1% or 2%? And he said, Brother Chad, I tried it. I tried 5%. And, and he said, it just didn't work. He said, I, I, uh, I had my car break down in the middle of all that. I've run out of money. And I said, well, how long has it been since you've tried this tithing thing? He said, two weeks. Broken four. I said, let me get this straight. You were broke before you got to this. You tried the tithing thing for all of 14 days. Bless your heart. That's not faithfulness, ladies and gentlemen. I'm proud of you. I told him, I said, I'm proud of you for starting from somewhere, but the true test will be after two months, six months, one year. But see, we live in this culture where I've got to have it in less than two minutes or it ain't worth it. The, the, the thing with God is not immediacy, it's constancy. Constant. We're all being tested, just as our scripture, our parable revealed, we're all being tested. 
I want to be fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? Well, then you got to be faithful. Start with being faithful. Senator Mark Hatfield of Oregon. Good senator. Republican, conservative. Uh, senator Mark Hatfield went to Calcutta, India. And he visited with Mother Teresa a, a facility, a hospital, but not really a hospital, called the Place of the Dying. Everyone there had a terminal disease and had weeks or months to live. And Senator Mark Hatfield, a United States Senator, went over there years ago to visit uh, with Mother Teresa. And after visiting the place of the dying, where everyone's dying, okay, I, I can't reiterate this enough, they're all dying, he looked at Mother Teresa and said, Mother Teresa, forgive me for asking this, but how do you not get overwhelmed with the burden and sorrow of running this place, the house of the dying? Mother Teresa said, Senator, with all due respect, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. Amen. And Mark Hadfield said that really convicted him because he said, we drive home this idea of success and, and you know all these things in America. But are you faithful? When God has blessed you and you are successful, did you give something back in return? Were you faithful? Because with all those blessings, there's a test. And He's watching. Are we going to be faithful? Are we going to believe Him when, when the storm rolls through? Are we going to believe Him when the take-home pay won't take me home? Are we going to believe Him when, when we get the done notice or the pink slip? Or whatever we call it nowadays. Do we even get those anymore? I don't know. Email. Yeah. If you want to be fruitful, which I think we all do, you got to be faithful. Let's pray. Dear most gracious heaven.